everyone welcome to the steve perriman podcast again uh, all the usual suspects uh, with us uh, tom and howard thank you very much for for um, being present and this is part two of the tony galvin podcast uh tony created quite an impression on his first one um with his normality i think the word they used um so sort of which what I've always believed is been unspoilt by this game of football where you can get carried away with yourself. And Tony obviously hasn't done that. So that's quite refreshing. And, uh, you know, even people were saying to me, he, he sort of never embellished his game. He, he sort of played straightforward, which, which I, I would have to agree with. He, mm. The, there was no surprises with Tony because he gave you everything and uh, and was very difficult to play with. And one particular uh, listener um, contacted me and said that he had a night listening to Alan Sunderland and another uh, Arsenal player that I can't just think of. And um, he had a drink with them after and asked the question, who was the hardest, toughest or most difficult Spurs player uh, to play against and their answer was Tony Galvin uh, he was knees and elbows and awkwardness and but of course talented as well so that's a that's a, a bit of a recommendation from two of our enemy um, rivals and so thank you very much Tony for giving us your time again how are you yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, just rushing in, looking after the grandchildren today. So, quick bit of tea, and uh, here I am. And how often do you look after the grandchildren? Well, probably a couple of times a week. Um, my daughter is a uh, part-time teacher, but she works two long days. So, um, I do one day, and um, and obviously fill in when I can, as and when I'm required. Yes. As I was tonight. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we, we covered a lot of your Tottenham career, but uh, I, I've uh, been thinking of one or two extra things. Um, Tony, what coach do you think made the greatest impression on you uh, at, at Tottenham? That's a, that's a very good question. I like that question. Um, Obviously, you know, uh, in terms of respect for, to, for the way he managed and led the team, I would have to say Keith. But in terms of developing me as a, as a player from non-league, coming into Tottenham, we talked last week about trying to hit that ball on the bar or hit the ball into the circle, which I couldn't do. And the lads used to take the piss out of me for hours on end. Peter Shreve would be the person, really, who, who sort of, tried to refine me without trying to change the sort of footballer I was. Yeah. He sort of said, well, if, you, if you're going to progress into the Spurs first team, you know, we've got to sort of just make improve your technique. It was all about technique, really. And yeah. he said, we've got to work on that. And we did. So I would have to say Peter, and Peter worked tirelessly with me. He yeah. also was an absolute piss taker, Peter, as you well know. Mm. And Peter used to say to me, um, 
I wish that I could give you my left foot as far as a left footed player. And when I first went to Tottenham, I used to play on the right hand side on the reserves, and then I, I often came inside as you do as a wide player. You've got to be able to go both sides, but I, I, I'd finish up outside the box, and really my left foot was okay to cross the ball, but in terms of hitting the target with any pace to threaten the goal. Mm, mm. Question mark, question mark. So you could hit an area, you could hit an area with yeah. it, but you couldn't be I could get my specific. foot underneath the ball, but I couldn't really drive through with my left foot. And uh, so Peter came to a conclusion that basically, well, I'll tell you what, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it don't sounds do like... It. Well, if you come inside, try and find a pass. Try and do something else rather than just bubble the ball on the floor and the goalkeeper picks up like a back pass. So he tried to make me think about what else you can do when you come inside. You know, if it's yeah. a, if it, can you cross it early with your left foot or can you drive towards the box and find a centre forward or a striker or a one-two, something like that. So you're yeah. finishing up in the box. So Peter actually made me think about my game a lot. It sounds like, Tony, what you're describing is that you were a product of piss-takers. Yeah, there was a lot of piss-takers around, quite a lot. And um, I think Pete used to take great pleasure in uh, sort of uh, embarrassing me in front of the players. But, you know, behind it all, I think he was doing it for my own good. Yeah. He was trying to toughen me up. Yeah. Maybe realise, here you are with the London boys, you're at top club. You're not good enough to get in the first team yet. If we want to get you there, we're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to come in the ball court two times a week, which we did. And you're going to have to sort of refine some parts of your game. He said, you're okay going wide on your right foot, no problem. But the other things you need to improve on. Yeah. I found him a very positive influence, both on me and obviously yeah. the team, and actually on Keith. And I yeah. suppose you saw him as the reserve team manager and also then when he stepped up to be yeah, assistant manager. I thought, he, I thought him and Keith worked really well together when, uh, when he became uh, his assistant. Um, but I wasn't surprised, really, because Peter was ready to move on from that job. He was certainly top-quality uh, coaching material, whether or not he was managerial material remains to be seen, but he was a top quality coach yeah. and needed to be working with the best players in whichever club he was at, which in this case yeah. was at Spurs. I remember him doing a, um, a keep ball session one day and I don't know where he got this from and I never did it before or since it. I've, I've tried it with players as well, but you've got to have a high quality of player. But on this keep ball, um, there, was no, there was no touch touches um, uh, sort of requirements during a session but he said if you when you're receiving the ball if you can just let it run a bit like sort of Trevor Brooking yeah perhaps put it into this and every time someone lets it run instead of getting marks for number of passes you your team got marks for the number of times you let it run successfully and it didn't run on to an opponent that that Take, took it away from you and I thought that was a really really good session yeah. that you it was trying to make you aware obviously 
and the level of players we had at Tottenham at that time, they were more than capable of it. I'd never seen it done in a session before. And uh, so, yeah, he, he was quite special. And what about influences? Um, I'm going back a bit now. What about influences when you were growing up in terms of not only as a player, but maybe as a person? Um, who, who was the influence on you? For me, for me, it was my eldest brother. You, you might have been your dad or who, who Tony? Um, it's quite easy that um, my dad, because, um, and I talked to him last time, we, there wasn't a lot, I wasn't playing a lot of football at school. I wasn't sort of playing much outside, but my dad used to be down the fields with me and my brother. I think he was a bit more pushing my brother because he thought that he would be successful as a footballer. And I sort of latched on to them. I would do things with them. Yeah. Um, I might go in goals, but, you know, I'd do different things. But it was my dad, really. So we spent hours in the field, just me, my dad, and Chris, my brother. Yeah. And um, I benefited because obviously Chris was a, a, a very good young player, sought after by a few clubs. So, I was sort of piggybacking on on that, and and going back to that thing, my dad always had time to spend with us. It was sort of a few times a week we'd be down. He'd come home from work and we'd down the playing fields. Was he a teacher, Tan? No, no, no. My dad just had a normal job. He worked on the. He was uh, worked in a bus depot. He was an electrician on the old. Do you know the trolley buses we used to have yeah. in Huddersfield? Yeah. So he used to go and uh, mend the trolley buses. You know, and the they, they sort of they used to break down at the end of, on the terminus. He would go out and mend them, get them ready to go back. So that was his job, in, and that's what he did. He was an electrician, but he worked in the uh, the bus depot. But my dad loved football. He loved cricket as well. We both played cricket and football. Yeah. And he used to spend hours with us. So growing up, without a shadow of a doubt, it was my dad. Mm. Totally. Brilliant. Tony, can we can we just give the listeners a bit of a uh, insight into your life now? I, I mean, we've missed out a lot, and we'll come back to it—the World Cup and what you did in terms of coaching-wise with Aussie and, and all that stuff. But in terms of today, we've we you retired. Yeah, you've retired. You sometimes look after your grandchildren. Um, yeah. Tony, if I ask you anything and you don't want to answer it, just say next. And that's fine. Yeah. Tony, okay. what, um, what paper do you read? Uh, well, next, but um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't look at the newspapers on, on the internet, but my favourite, uh, on the radio, I listen to Times Radio, and I find that, you know, sort of, if you like, a bit lazily easier than than reading the Times newspaper. So that would be my favourite radio channel. And I find on the Times radio, I'm getting everything I need to know about what's going on. And probably some of the best journalists in the country are on the radio talking, you know, they're writing the Times, but also they're on the radio. So I find I get everything from Times radio. If I was going to ask you about TV news, yeah, where, where would you listen to? Generally Sky News. I, I quite like Sky News. I think they sort of pretty, they, they sort of delve with some really good top journalists on Sky News. So it would be Sky News. Um, yeah. Obviously, the adverts you have to put up with, but there's some top people on Sky News. Adam Bolton, I think, is an outstanding journalist. 
Um, So that's where I go for uh, my TV news. Okay. If you was to tune into a um, uh, a quiz program, but general knowledge, I'm not saying you do, but if you if you did, what what would it be? Personally, I think the, most of them are shite. I don't like them. Um, <laughs> I pre- I I preferred them in the old days uh, when they were a bit light-hearted and a bit Mickey Mouse, you know play your cards, write stuff like that, light-hearted. I think they're a lot of shite now. I don't watch them. Um, okay. If I watch anything on the telly that's sort of remotely like a quiz, it'd be MasterChef, professionals, okay. because I can't cook. I never have been able to cook, and I just marvel at somebody else's expertise. Uh, if you go to a restaurant, I'm always in admiration of a really outstanding meal, and I think, it's really, I love looking at something that I can't do, and I'm amazed sure. how, how, how superb they are. So, but quizzes, no, not interested. But would you be interested, for instance, in letters, words, or numbers? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching Countdown probably for, I don't know, what is it, 30 years or whatever, but I've just got a bit, I used to love Countdown, but I've just got a little bit bored with it. It's been there for so long. And, you know, sometimes time to move on. But Countdown, when it first came out, mm. was, was an outstanding programme. Great yeah. programme. You had to think. Letters, numbers. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it just needs a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. But I yeah. think it needs a bit of tweaking in terms of if you were to get the, the number that they're looking for and you used every number that's given oh, right. to you, I think that would be a, like a bonus situation. Maybe I'm trying to be too clever here. But, you've, given, um, you've given this a lot of thought. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah I, I, I really like it. I really like it. I normally, yeah, I, get it on, I normally get it on plus one rather than get it live for whatever reason. <laughs> but, uh, Can you answer the questions? <laughs> <laughs> Howard, that's why you're on. Thank you. Tony, Tony obviously, chaps, this is for you. Tony went to university. Did either of you go to university? No. Tom? I did. Yeah, How was you it? Are, you see. Yeah, I didn't. Did I, you... my, my, mine was a bit less. Um, what did you do? I did film studies with multimedia. That's so, great. Well, yeah, I don't. My, my job has nothing to do with that. Uh, but, and it was <laughs> three years that got me into a lot of debt and. Uh, a lot. Had, had, had some fun, but um, but yeah, I won't be rushing to send my kids to university. I don't think. Howard, was yours a conscious decision not to go to university? My parents, or, being or you on, weren't good enough. I probably wasn't good enough. Um, no, I was good enough, but uh, my parents had no concept of education, as far as they were concerned. You learn to read and write, and then you go out and work. Yeah, <laughs> arithmetic, so I, the three R's exactly. So I. Uh, could have applied for clearing and gone to, gone to university that way, but I chose not to. Yeah. Bloody idiot, should have done it. <laughs> and Tony, your your son, Tom, for instance, uh, I know the answer to it, but I'd like the, the, the listeners to hear it. Did you send Tom, your Tom, to university? Um, I didn't actually push him to university, but me and his mum talked about it. We weren't sure. He did go to university, it lasted about fucking six weeks. 
that's, that's not actually funny. That's not yeah, funny. I, I, you said it. Somehow managed to get some sort of loan, which obviously took him some time to pay off. Um, so he didn't like university. Um, you know, financially, I know Tom said earlier about debt. Well, he, he seemed to get in some debt within about six weeks. So God knows what it'd be Impressive. like. God knows what he's up to. Yeah, good. I think he took a loan out, you see, and then thought, that's great, I can just spend this. Um, but no, it wasn't good for him. He didn't like it. And um, he had to do another, he had to go through another route. You know, that thing, well, Howard how said about, for some people, you just go out and, you know, do the best you can at school, then just go out and get a job. Yeah. And what you wear through and find your find your way that way. The university certainly isn't the right thing for everybody. Far too many young people go to university now. Like, like, in, like in football, there's so many ways, and you're, you're a product yeah. of different ways, yeah. aren't you? To do it, I Absolutely. did it. I did it one route. You did it another. It's not yeah. one more right than the next. But um, in, in, interestingly, I think the um, out of my out of my kind of friends I went to school with, similar age. Um, it was the people who didn't go to university who were owning a house quicker. <laughs> you know, they were yeah. They they, they kind of learned trades. They yeah. They were able to. I, I swear that everyone I went to, every, everyone who I grew up with who went to university was was probably getting onto their property ladder 10 years after everyone who, who didn't yeah. go to university um yeah so uh you know that's definitely a uh, yeah but but the debt i got into i, I think <laughs> i think i think but i think also it wasn't just my student loan it was like when i was 18 years old you know you're not you're not a grown-up really and um and i just remember being sent so yeah. many credit card applications you know get getting getting you in debt before you've even started life you know and um yeah. and, and i and i was 18 years old and i took them on and i blew loads of you know, blue loads of money I didn't have and uh, still still paying it off to a, to an extent. And Howard, Howard, were you a numbers man or a words man? Or I, was in be- I was in between. Okay. <laughs> so, the arts, literature, etc. was good. And it was my son. Um, he, did, he did film studies and feminist studies at did university, he? yeah. Oh, this is Brett, of course. And now, of course, he's, he's getting the rewards. Howard, what did he do? His, did he do a dissertation? A film studies dissertation. He did a long time ago now. Mine, mine was on Top Gun. Very right. academic. Right. Very yeah. academic. Oh, good film. Good film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good film. Use of use, the use of music in Top Gun. Mm. A bit more. Oh right. <laughs> tried to, but yeah, not 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 exactly the molecular biology or or, or kind of advanced business management that some of my uh, friends were, were writing about. Tony, what was the last film or show you saw? Oh, the last film would have been. So we went a few weeks ago to watch Candyman, okay. the sort of a remake version. Okay. Uh, my wife, she liked it, the original. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> awful. Awful. No comparison it, Howard. to the original. Awful. Howard seen it? No, I haven't. No. I've read it's it. It's awful. Tom? Yeah, the original, the original was really good. It was yeah, quite scary. Yeah. yeah, it's a classic. The original, it was yeah. awful. Tony Todd, wasn't it? In the original, oh, it was awful. Just it was rubbish. We, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I was doing there, but there you are. You're, once you once I'm in there, I'm going to see it through to the end. Yeah, um, Tony, let's get back to football. Yeah, what's yeah. The, of what's the best place you visited with Tottenham? 
like a tour or okay whatever. right the best place i've visited probably the the place that stands out totally in my mind is i wasn't here, i was sort of in, on the edge of the first team squad we went to tokyo to play in the japan cup yep and um for someone like me who come from quite humble beginnings to go on that trip was unbelievable. I thought, what what on earth am I doing here? And I think the first team players then went on after that to a holiday. Did you go to America? When you go somewhere uh, else? They, the players went to Bermuda. I didn't go. I went yeah, home you, with Paul Miller yeah. and the doctor. And, yeah, well, uh, I would have been going to Bermuda. Yeah, yeah, you were probably with me. Yeah, yeah. You obviously you didn't go. talk to me then. You probably weren't talking to me. But I knew my place. You're not suggesting that I was in business class or first class, were you? <laughs> For Christ's sake, well, I don't know. Well, that's a good point. I think Mickey yeah. Azar was with me, actually, as well. And Maxi and Mickey, yeah. maybe might, might have been there. But obviously, as a place, that was uh, that was an incredible place. Never seen anything like it. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, you know Japan very well. I went before. So, I went once before with the 70s right. team. Yeah. So when we visited in the late 70s, we... Yeah, about 79, would it be? Yeah, we that was similar. And we won the trophy. Yeah. We won the trophy. And I, I always believe in that. Even if you pick up a local trophy... Yeah. But, you know, some sort of win just gives you the... You're yeah. halfway up to the next one already. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, Dundee United we beat in the final and San Lorenzo yeah. in the semi-final for instance yeah. and people might say oh, I was a joke tournament but it actually wasn't No, there were some good teams in it. I, mean, I played in the game against San Lorenzo and then uh, I think Ricky might have been injured or something that's why I played and then he was back for the final or something happened and then obviously I got jettisoned for the final I'll put, uh, I'll put you right on that time because something stands out to me Ricky right. did play against the Argentinian San Lorenzo. I don't know if right. you remember him walking in as a club to the hotel. Mm. All the Why would I be playing then? I was playing. All, all the directors had their coats over their shoulders yeah. and the arms not in the arms. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. typical, we're yeah, here, yeah. We're, the, we're the chaps. And uh, anyway, Ricky did play because it went to penalties. Yeah. And they were offering Ricky money in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> to miss the penalty, <laughs> which thankfully he didn't, he didn't bother taking. So, uh, so yeah. But what? I was just trying a, to find a reason why I was playing in that semi-final. Yeah, so somebody all, must have been injured. It's all sorts of reasons. All sorts yeah. of reasons. I mean, we didn't have a settled team at that point, Tony, did we? No, no. Yeah. To be fair, but, but as a place, it was a fas fascinating city. Incredible. Yeah. It was just you know twenty-four hours a day. Incredible place. Yeah. People were interested in it. it. was just, I'd never come across anything like that. Yeah, exactly. I've, well, imagine me, as, imagine me as imagine yeah. me as a eighteen-year-old seeing Tokyo. Yeah, we played we played five games there, I think, and uh, all against Japan A, Japan B, maybe even Japan C. But uh, yeah, that was some um, that was some introduction to foreign travel, if you like. So, yeah. Tony, what car do you drive? I drive a Suzuki Vitara. It's a fucking boring car. And it's the second, what makes it worse, it's the second Suzuki Vitara I've had. You chopped it in for another one. <laughs> yeah, I changed it, got another one. That wasn't oh, too boring. How boring is that? 
it's a very boring car, but okay. reliable. Tone, do you still get recognised? Uh, I don't really go to many places apart from Tottenham occasion. Obviously, if I go and do a question and answer somewhere, obviously people know you are. But yeah. I don't really mix in those sort of sort of places that you mix in. <laughs> I say <laughs> I, I give those a wide berth. You're not suggesting I go to get recognised, are you? No, you're not. Certainly, you wouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> you do get invited to lots of sort of very important places because of who you are and what you've achieved, which yeah. is obviously fair enough. Well, I, I feel I've got to answer the questions that I'm asking you. So I've got an eight-year-old Jag. So it's a Jag. Right. It's a nice car, but it's about eight yeah, years nice old. So, so I'll get about threepence for it if I if I chopped <laughs> it in. So I'm not going to chop it in. And I agree with you, the best country, Japan, without a doubt. Right. Without a doubt. The most interesting and for all sorts yeah, of reasons. Yeah. I'm delighted when me and Ozzy uh, went back there. So um, the last the last show we went to Howard was called Pretty Woman, yeah. Pretty Woman, yeah, mm. yeah. Which was which was very good. It was it was good, and the top lady wasn't wasn't performing on the no, night, was she? No. There was a stand in who I, I thought was terrific. So well, we, I've often found that over the years. Seriously, I don't know why. I tend things. Elaine Page of Evita, when she was a superstar, she was ill the night we went. Was yeah. she? Yeah. And so there was all this disappointment about, and then guess what? You were surprised. Exactly. So I suppose it's a little bit like Glenn Hoddle not being available on a particular night to play. Mm. You've turned up to see Glenn play, or, or in the, his day, Jimmy Greaves or whatever, and then all of a sudden, Mickey oh, steps yeah. in for... for for Glenn and actually carries it off as he as he always did. Yeah. Some yeah. felt that Mickey couldn't play with with Aussie yeah. in the team and Glenn in the team. So so the, the, the UEFA Cup final eighty four was made for Mickey, wasn't it? In terms of yeah. step up, Mick, this is your chance. I mean not just the final, he did it all through the competition. Yeah. yeah. So um so yeah. Tony, um Bill Nicholson talks about getting involved in soft southern ways because he spent so long down south. Did you feel that happened to you? Um, well, it's quite interesting because even now when I go back home, I was I was my brother's 70th last week. I was in Huddersfield last week. And they, I do get one of sort of, this, I do get reminded that um, they always said to me, said, well, you know, you're born and bred in Huddersfield, but you've lived down south or in the southern area for what 40 years or whatever it is more than that and they said you know you've denied your roots you're not the same person <laughs> you know you what's happened to you you're up you, you sound a bit weird you don't speak properly anymore so you know when you go back home they do sort of give you a jar in the back and just say look you know remember where you came from yeah. remember what made you you got made in Huddersfield and you've spent the, the, the last 40 odd years living down south. So I can sort of see where Bill's coming from. I sort of know what he means. And do uh, you, did you ever feel that you slipped into the piss taking role that was, you've had to yeah. take so much of 
Yeah. Did you did you have answers for these people or no? I didn't really have answers, but I think I slipped into the bit the the group mentality. Well, they're doing it, I'll do it because you know if you can't beat them, join them. But I, I wasn't very good at responding. You know, I talked about Terry Neal and coming out with sort of sharp comments. I don't think I ever came back with to Terry with anything that he was remotely impressed with. It was you know I just didn't have I didn't have that quick response. Terry was the the master of sort of the piss take and sort of walk off. I, I couldn't respond to Terry. Gary Brook was a piss taker. Matt Falco's a piss taker. Max is a piss taker. Uh, and they still are to this day. So you sort of you sort of know when you're in their presence that you're gonna take a bit of stick. Yeah. So you yeah. just you just just get on with it. But it wasn't it wasn't nasty, was it? No, well, I thought it was at the beginning. Oh. Uh, I wasn't very impressed with it at all. I got the right hump in my first sort of 18 months at Spurs. I didn't like it because of them. it's a different world. It was a totally different world down here to, to where, what, where I've come from. So I didn't yeah. like it. But, but it was uh, like what Peary said to me. You've got to toughen up. You've got to get with it. You've got to liven up, improve yeah. this, improve that. Yeah. You know, I know it sounds... It's not very 2021. The man on mouse, man up. I know you can't say that anymore. You're not allowed to say that, are you? Mm. But it was about, it's a case of toughen up. Yeah. You're on your own, you're down here. You know, you've got to sort of deal with it. You know, fight back, mm. be strong. Um, and um, when Ricky used to complain to me, um, and Keith, I know for a fact, why do I? Why do I have to? Why do I keep kicking Ricky in training? And uh, he used to say to Keith, "If Keith used to come to me and say that, I says, well, I, I probably kick him because he's there, he's in front of me. You know, mm. if I'm going for the ball and Ricky wanted a, a pleasant training session, I said, no, it ain't going to happen, Ricky. Sorry, you know, you know, for example, you know, you, I'm maybe trying to get into your position or trying to get in the first team." And then there's no way if I'm going to sort of let you have the ball and do Mr. Nicely. So uh, yeah. I said, you're having some, Ricky, and just put up with it. Ricky says that to me every time he sees me. Does he? Why didn't you, Tony Garvin, kick me all the time in training? I said, well, I don't think I did, but I probably kicked a few other people as well. Yeah. So I said, don't take it personally, Ricky. Well, that goes back to the, to the Arsenal players' comment on you. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah, awkward. That's a good description. Like I'll an awkward style but, about you. Know, it was no, not malicious, but, you know, if there's something there, just, you know, go yeah. for it all hearted. And you might take a player with you as you're going for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, um, Thanks I, for that. Anyway, that's made my night. I wasn't involved um, the second part of it. So Keith changed to Peter Shreve and Peter Shreve changed yeah. to David Pleat. Yeah. Was there any major shift? I know there wasn't much shift when Peter was no. in charge from Keith's day. Was there any major shift with David Pleat in charge? Yeah, there was a major shift because obviously he was an outsider. He'd come in, he wanted to change, slightly fiddle around the way we played. It was a lot of... Um, he had a way of, he wanted the team to play... Uh, he talked to me about the way he wanted me to play. He used to say that I was a bit sort of limited. He used to run in straight lines. 
need to learn to interchange positions, move from the left to the right or whatever. And he, he, he did work on that as a team, trying to interchange. And obviously, it, you know, it worked very well in the first season. But obviously, sometimes, you know, I, I wasn't fitting into the way he wanted to play. Did it improve Just, you? Uh, it made me think about things more, definitely. You know, the fact that, you know, if you're playing, if you're ploughing a furrow on one side of the field, because that's what you've always done, because you've got people like Glenn Ozzy around you and you think, oh, God, if I go in there, I'm going to get under their feet. But he said, no, you need to be more uh, flexible. You need to move around. You need to leave, your, you, you know, if you play on the left, you need to leave it and go inside and somebody will take over where you've, you know, mm. that sort of thing. So it made me think more about, the, yeah, you know, the way we were playing. And David was a winger by trade, wasn't he? Pardon? David Pleat was a winger by trade. His, his position yeah. was winger. Yes, he was. So um, there, there's a closeness to... Yeah. Yeah, and I think he did try to improve me or change me, and so I appreciate that. But in the end, he, he, um, he decided that maybe other people were going to be doing that job better. He wanted, he didn't really seem to want wide players staying wide. Um, he wanted them to come inside, get in the box. Um, yeah. And he was very successful. Obviously, he came up with that situation where Clive played up front on his own. Yeah. And you had five midfielders and it, and it worked really well. Yeah. And, and I did play in the team sometimes and it was, it was very impressive. There was a lot of movement. And uh, yeah. made it very difficult for defenders. Did you enjoy David's team, Howard? I loved it. That first year when we finished third and, and lost the FA Cup final. Yeah. With, with the midfield being flo flooded with five players. That was, nobody else that I knew of had done that. And I thought no. we played some great games. I mean, the 5 0 against West Ham on the way to the final. I saw that game. That was great, great stuff. Yeah, saw that game. And then in classic Tottenham style, they all fell, fell apart at the end of the season. Glenn left. Richard Goffler. It, it was a very yeah. strange one. The, the cup final, I mean, it's a cup final. It could have gone either way, the cup final. I wasn't in the team because I'd had an operation on my knee, but I, I wasn't, wouldn't have been involved in the team. But the cup final could have gone either way. It was a very good game. Coventry played at the top of the game. I thought Spurs played well. When it goes to extra time, we know anything can happen. But I, I really think losing that game it did have a sort of detrimental yeah. effect on the squad, on the club. I think that season they deserve to win something. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean that again, that's typical Tottenham, isn't it? You know, outstanding all season, fall away at the end. But they did yeah. play an awful lot of games in the last few weeks of the season. Yeah. And it was a you know, it was a threadbare squad they were they were playing through. It was really tough for them. Yeah. Somebody had the bright surprise idea of saying we could replace Glenn Huddle with Johnny Metwood. Don't think they got it quite yeah. right. The the team the season after was not you know it was it was nowhere near as good. That, that, I think that was a moment eighty six eighty seven. It was a moment to deliver something. Where it could have come, could have come good. Yeah, yeah, it could have come. In the League Cup, we had a good run in the League Cup, and because Steve Hodges signed, he was it um, was cup tied. So I was played or I was on the bench. So unusually, we got to semi-final and we played Arsenal, I think, three times. Yeah. Which is just weird. 
would never happen now, would it? No. We played. Um, we I think we won away from home. I think that we yep. must have lost at home by one goal, and yep. I think they must have tossed up. And then the third game was played at Tottenham. And in all those three games, I was soap and I came off the bench every single game. Now, the last game, I'm not absolutely sure, but I think we were winning yep. when I came off the bench. I think, but how would you probably be able to tell me that whether that was the case? We definitely were, at worst, we were drawing. Yep. But I have a feeling we were winning. Yep. And obviously, I, David Pleat put me on to sort of give some sort of fresh legs near the end. And I don't think I touched the ball. If I touched the ball once, I'd be surprised. And I think I was on that pitch for about 10, 15 minutes. And I'm pretty sure I sat and watched two Arsenal goals. Yeah, the last okay. one would be very close to the end. Scored and, by Richard uh, Allison. Uh, it was the Allison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that with me. Alison scored the um, scored the winning goal near the end. Yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't Richard. Not that it matters. It wasn't Richard, was it? No, no, no. He was. Uh, he's a manager of St Albans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He played for Colchester originally. Didn't yeah, he, before Arsenal. And he used to come a lot off the bench, and I think he scored the winning goal in that game with or the equaliser. And um, I don't. What I'm saying is that. I don't think I've ever been so miserable because obviously, yeah. A, you're not in the team. B, you come off the bench. When you come off the bench, we're either drawing or winning. When you go off the field, you haven't touched the ball. I've touched the ball once. And you've just lost yeah. at home to Arsenal. Um, you know, in a game probably we should have won. And, yeah. you know, you, as a footballer, probably that's the lowest I've ever felt playing for Tottenham. Even Tony though I didn't win. Do anything. Tony, tell, tell me what happens when you've been a player in the first team and yeah. then you stop being in the team or you stop being the top 11 player and whatever. Do, do the other players that are disappointed as you get in a little group and therefore you've all got the same moan and you sort of decide the manager's crap or... yeah. You, well, you know, you've been there, seen it, done it. <laughs> okay, but but in t in, yeah. I haven't been a part of that because I left. No. When I didn't play, I left. Not not my choice, but our choice, no, no. actually. No. Yeah. Um, I would say that um, uh, there was one or two of the players that have been around for a few years who didn't particularly like David Plate, but in a strange sort of way, sort of produce some of the, or certainly some excellent football, despite that. It was almost in spite of the manager. And if the manager had sort of deliberately tried to do that, tried to get a mentality within the team that they're all pulling together, maybe even against the manager, it was, it was a very strange time. You remember there was Ray, there was Glenn, there was Ozzy in yeah. that team. And despite, there was some unhappiness about the manager, about things he was doing. But despite that, which maybe is a reflection of what good professionals they are, they actually delivered in some outstanding performances. Got on with it. Therefore, you have to look at them, you have to admire them for their professionalism, even though... Yeah. And I don't think David Plate was that bothered. 
he probably knew that, you know, some of these players weren't that keen on him, but he was getting them to play in a certain way. He seemed to be getting the best of that. It was a very strange time. And obviously, I, I was with all them because I knew them all. And um, yeah. I was on the fringe of the team, but it was it was very strange. And I think once you're, once you're out the team, you, you've got one of two things. You can, you can mope or you can, you know, feel sorry for yourself and... All people do that when things aren't going well. Or you just have to just get on with it and just say, look, when my chance comes, if man, I do well, man up. I in the team. Man yeah, up. Just, you know, just get on with it because yeah. um, it's the not question. personal at the end of it. I mean, David Pleat wanted to play in a certain way. He wanted certain players to do certain things. And if you don't fit into that system, you just have to realise it and just sort of, you're upset at the beginning, but later on you say, look, this is the way it is. I have to get on with it. I have to yeah. sort of fit into this system. I have to adapt. I have to improve. Otherwise, I won't be playing. And, um, that, that's, and, that's, that. and that's the professional attitude. Yeah. To make myself selectable, yeah. I've got to toe the line in terms of yeah. keeping my mouth shut, keep getting me head down, yeah. and trying yeah. to deliver what the manager wants to be yeah. able to play me. Because if I don't deliver that, it's certainly it's, it's a relevant question to what I see today, Tone, in terms of, you know, the Mura, uh, Mura or whatever they're called, mm. performance, yeah, yeah. which was so, so yeah. woeful yeah. Yeah. and disappointing. And is it lack of confidence? Is it lack of uh, game time? I, I bet you haven't been as disappointed for a long time, Howard, have you? No. I think what happens is that um, you in the in the sort of top level of the Premier League, you've got 18, 20 players who who are they're all internationals, aren't they? And for those players who are not the regular in the first eleven to go out and perform in a manner like that, I find that quite hard to understand because surely when you're playing against a team like that. This is your chance to gel together as a team, individuals. You know, Harry was up front. I don't really understand. Surely they had enough between those players on the pitch to deliver a performance. All they had to do at the end of it was to come away with a 1-0 win or a 2-1 win. I don't understand what's going through their heads. Clearly, mentally, they were up for it. They were right. Can't have been. Probably yeah. the only person who was right on the field was Harry. Uh, it's, it's just very strange. And then, as a manager like someone like Conte would look, I would think, don't know, probably never talked to him when I was at Tottenham while he was he's there. He will think that mentally these players are not right. A week. And then it will just sort of, if he had one cross against a player, he might have two or three other crosses now because surely that's a test of somebody's mentality to come to a game like that. Tony, over there, do a Tony. job. Tony, name yeah. the teams that you got knocked out by in Europe. Um, right. Howard, the, help us. Yeah, no, so the, 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 the one that stuck out of my mind was probably the best team I ever played in at Tottenham was 82 when we yeah. got done by Barcelona. But the the first leg at Spurs was uh, was an absolute unmitigated disgrace. And, the referee sure. should have sent three or four of their players off. They came and, for some reason, tried to kick shit out of us. It was very odd. And um, we we had to stand up to it. 
the officials were against us. I, I still, to this day, do not understand that game. And then when we went over there, it was like a different Barcelona. Yeah. Um, we got beat by of... we got beat by Barcelona. That's yeah, before uh, Leonay. Leonay, you're right, Howard. But it's Re- Real Madrid. Another era, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Bayern Real Madrid Munich. And UEFA Cup. Bayern when Munich. I was, right. when, I, when I was when I was stood quite close to somebody who was sort of who, who hacked down a somebody had won the World Cup for Argentina. And somebody who was quite close to me decided to launch himself somewhere midrift as the lad was going through. And uh, I think you know who that person was. And I, I think I went for his neck. <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't able enough. I couldn't do my stretches well enough to reach. But he he'd done me in the Achilles and yeah, my, yeah. Brain, my brain went. But anyway. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that team of the 80s that got into Europe yeah. and played for yeah. a number of years got beat by the top clubs. Yeah. Yeah, Barcelona. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't lose, we didn't lose to, to nobodies. No. No. Uh, one year we got beat by Ben Munich, but actually I was injured. I didn't play in that game. Did you not once play over there? In, you were playing in fog. Fog, yeah. We lost. You couldn't you said you couldn't see. What was yep. going on? We beat them uh, another year when Bilko scored the side left. Yeah. We went to the final. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Bayern Munich. So, there we go. Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Um, I can't remember who. But after Lyonnais, uh, Howard, after Lyonnais, yeah. which must have been 67 stroke eight yeah. after winning the FA Cup, yeah. we got in the UEFA Cup yeah. some years in the 70s, didn't we? Yeah. And, um, I mean... Who beat us then? Well, Olympic Lyonnais were the first uh, t- side to, to benefit from the away goals rule. Yes, were they? Right. Well done. Yeah. All right, well done. impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> That's, That's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Well done, Howard. But um, yeah, your point's right. You know, you 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 set yourself, you steal yourself to. You do you know what you do? You outwork the opponent. Whether you think you're better than them or not, if you start by outworking them, that's a that's yeah. a good start. Mm. That's yeah. a good start. And then if you are good players and you have got this confidence and you can then then you take over the game. And I mean, we were beating teams like Ajax and Feyenoord and yeah. Cologne and and I mean, Howard, you will remember we lost to Liverpool. Yeah. Ray must have played against us in the in the seventies. That was on an away goal. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So so um so yeah. Uh, Tony, we haven't got long left, but uh, give us a okay. bit of give us a bit of a rundown on Jack Charlton for, for Ireland. Okay, Jack. Um yeah, it was quite interesting because um Jack took over we had some good players, Alan. We had uh, Liam Brady, we had Mark Lawrence, we had Ronnie Whelan. We had, we had some good players. We had some top players. Packy Bonner was a goalie. Houghton. Uh, uh, Realm came mm. later after yeah. Jack. Yeah. So we had a good team before. Frank, Frank Stapleton. But it was a bit of it was a it was a bit like the Man United, Liverpool sort of rule the roost, big time Charlies. Yeah, they and Owen who was a manager who, was, who did a great job, but it was a bit sort of 
it's, it's a bit amateurish, really. That you know, they didn't feel that that was a pattern of play or anything like that. Um, that you know, he's basically saying, "You're the best players. Go out and show me what you can do." And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But when Jack came, Jack just said, "He says I don't care where you've played. I don't care which team you play for. I don't care what your history is. I don't care about any of that. This is how we are going to play." So I remember the first game we played Wales in the friendly and he said to me and Chris, I think Chris got to say, he said to me and Chris said, look, you're not playing in this game because I know what you can do. So forget it. He says, I'm going to play some of these players because I want to look at them. So clearly he had in his mind some idea about certain players or some doubts about certain players. Yeah. And um, I think they were reinforced in that game. We lost the game to Wales in Dublin. And then after that, it sort of all changed. And then he had a, the the Man United and Liverpool players were in uproar about the way he wanted us to play. Basically, he didn't want the goalkeeper to roll the ball out to the full-back. He didn't want centre-halves to pass the ball across the box in front of them. He wanted the ball to go longish, longish, but he wanted the goalkeeper to kick the ball and he wanted your back four, back whatever it was, to push up. Push up. He wanted the game to be, he said, I want the game played in their half as much as we possibly can. And he says, I don't want to see people risking the ball across the back. He had a theory about uh, inter, um, European teams, yeah. particularly, that they were very good at nicking the ball if you start fighting about with it in your own half. Mm. And then that would launch an attack and they were very good on the break. They had two or three players who could hit you on the break. I remember talking about Belgium, who could, they would so we'd launch one of their attacks. So he said, don't do it. So we get with the ball goes forward, and then we play in their half. Uh, we try and get the ball. If it's down the channel, somebody will get hold of the ball, and then we play. So John Aldrich would get the ball, pass the ball back to a midfield player, and now we can do what you, you can do what you fucking like in their half. I don't care. If you want to be adventurous, if you want to take people on, so, so long as it's in their half, I don't mind. And they, the Liverpool and the Man United players in particular were, were, did not, were not happy. They were not happy about playing like this because they come from two clubs, particularly Liverpool, who played a passing game, a possession game. They said, well, you know, we... And, and there, there was a couple of rounds in training. There was a couple of discussions after after uh, games, but basically there was there was only one way. Jack's Their way wasn't a way. There was Jack's way and no other way. Yeah. And then basically he said, if you don't look, if you don't like it, lump it. Don't come. Don't I don't want you. I don't need you. You do it my way or there is no other way. And gradually, because we we became a team that was difficult to beat and would nick goals and we had John Aldrich, we had Frank when he played, we had Ronnie Whelan and then Ray Outen came into the team yeah. because he, he then qualified um, and uh, it was it was then people start those players start to realise that actually maybe Jack might have a point, this was international football, it was a bit unusual what he was doing it was hard work but at the end of it if professional footballers are successful, they sort of tend to go with it because they think, well, hang on a minute, it may have a point here. 
and um, basically he, he won them round with his sheer personality and just never giving in, yeah. saying no. Yeah, yeah, the purpose. Never, I'm not changing. He had a purpose and a belief. And guess, guess what? You you need to have a plan. If you've got no plan and you leave the plan up to so-called good players, then yeah. all of a sudden you haven't got a team. It's, it's yeah, actually, That's actually quite straightforward. You know, Bill Nicholson was a football, a classy football manager. But we started with Pat kicking it long. Or if he threw to the fullback, they were 100% not to have a touch and get pressure. If they could have a touch and go forward, and sometimes you yeah. throw the ball to Nolsey or Joe Kinnear or whoever, and they yeah. would actually get to the halfway line with the ball. And she is. Yeah. So, oh. so in a way, it was a similar thing up, back and through tone. Yeah. Play, play in their half and, and yeah. So, um, Tony... Jack, Jack was just, fantastic. He was, a, he, was a, he was totally different to anything I'd, I'd experienced before. But he was um, he was incredibly loyal, very straightforward. You knew exactly where you stood with him. I know people talk about that, but and maybe you, you know you couldn't be like that in the modern game. But in the end, all those players I talked about who've been the you know been very successful, Liverpool playing a different way, and Man United, yeah, all, all in the end loved him. Players probably ruled the roost before Jack. Yes, absolutely. Jack, Those... Jack came and he yeah. ruled the roost. Yeah. And actually, well, if you're going to be a... Man United and Liverpool rule the roost. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to be a manager, you might as well rule the roost because yeah. you are going to suffer if you don't. Yeah. Tone, yeah. just to finish, um, back to being a person, uh, what other sport do you play? What's your well, favourite sport? I played a lot of cricket. Cricket was my sport and obviously... Um, uh, I played it to when I was to was a bit older, but that that's probably my favourite spectator sport, cricket. You don't you don't look a golfer. No, I'm not a golfer. I'm not. I, I've had to pull out the WhatsApp group because I got sick of them talking about where they're going to play golf next. So I said, <laughs> "What a waste of time!" I'm looking at this every day, and all they're talking about we're going to Wentworth, we're going to I don't know Cuffley, we're going here playing golf, and I thought, no, I'm sorry, that's just a waste of my day reading these messages. <laughs> Get me off the WhatsApp. Yeah, and I'm off it. Yeah. I, I've stayed on it, despite not yeah. being a golfer, just so I can zing them now and again with something. And so you... I, I, I got asked a question at a golf do, a golf do, I didn't play in the golf do. I got no. asked a question, Steve, how did you play so many games? And I said, there's lots of answers to that. Yeah, but basically, I stayed as far away from the fucking golf course as I could, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a great answer in front of a golf audience. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Listen, thank you very much, Tony. Great You're to welcome. talk to thank you. you. Thank okay. you, Howard. Thank you very much. We'll see you all okay. at the weekend. Yeah. See you, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I just want to pay. Good. I want to pay respect to Ray Kennedy. What a sad yeah. passing. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Totally. No age, no age, Ray Kennedy. No. We'll remember him from the night at White Hart Lane, Howard, yeah. won't we? Yeah, he certainly yeah. will. When he scored Absolute. that goal and did the yeah. first part of the of the double. But yeah. well done him from his point of view and his club's point of view. And then yeah. to go to Liverpool, yeah. 
yeah. and change his entire game yeah. to become a yeah. centre midfield player, yeah. albeit one that pushed on and, and tried yeah. to, to make forward runs and stuff. But for him to change his game, I mean, that was amazing. So, um, sorry, I'm dressed I, I in the know, old... I know, Ray, I know Ray Clemens always talked very highly about Ray Kennedy. He had the utmost respect for him as a... As a person, but obviously as a player, he thought how he adapted to the Liverpool team was incredible. Yeah, coming from Arsenal, and I, an I played, I played with Ray Kennedy in the under twenty threes, and he was he was a delightful person. Such yeah. a nice, such a nice, grounded man, yeah. and that's what I want to thank you for, Tony. Uh, you played it straight. You played it normal. Thank you very much. You brought some semblance of normality to our gifted bunch of yeah <laughs> <laughs> what can i call them of um, mis misfits yeah. and um yeah. you sort of brought it back down to earth when i think about you tone i think back to uh denmark i think it was in the 80s maybe 90s denmark decided that they were going to turn professional and all their players became professional players yeah. and after six months they all had a vote and said we don't like this. We're, <laughs> we're better players when we go away to work and yeah. then we come back and we enjoy playing football. And we, our brain needs a rest from football all day to, to go yeah. into work, go into the office, go doing whatever, be an architect or lawyer, whatever. So um, that makes me think about you all the time. So uh, well done, Tone. Thank okay. you, chaps, for being involved. Thank you. And, yeah, thanks uh, a lot. Well, the Spurs. Hopefully, we don't ever see another Mura performance. No, and um, yeah, we, we can do a bit better. All right, up the Spurs. Yeah, Come on in. Yeah. See you. Bye bye, all. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye -bye. Cheers.